Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, May 11th. On this date in 1780, during the Revolutionary War, the city of Charleston surrendered to British forces. But don't feel too bad. Things obviously turned around for us. We even made up with Great Britain and became friends with that country. Prince Charles spoke in Charleston during a visit in 1990, and Charleston just hosted a big celebration last weekend to mark Charles's coronation as King Charles III. And a quick trivia question. Can you name the military action drama film that celebrated its world premiere on this date in 1986? Think hard. I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's see what Mother Nature has in mind for your weekend weather over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Desk. And good Friday morning to you, meteorologist Joey Sylvan here, starting out with temperatures in the 60s this morning. A few patchy clouds out the door. Otherwise, looks like a sunny, very warm day ahead. High temperatures this afternoon going up in the low to mid 80s. We'll be in the mid to upper 80s as we head into our Mother's Day weekend. A Mother's Day weekend, which will be mainly dry. Small chance of rain inland on Saturday. Isolated storms. Sunday afternoon for Mother's Day. Just keep an eye out for that at 89. A little better rain chance on Monday than dry 84 on Tuesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A traffic alert for you this weekend. The Department of Transportation will be shutting down the southbound lanes of the Ashley River Bridge for a series of overnight maintenance repairs. The bridge repair work is expected to last two weeks with nightly closures Sunday through Friday between 9 p.m. and 7 a.m. Drivers leaving downtown will have to detour onto Lockwood Drive and across the Ashley River by the James Island Expressway. The northbound lanes headed into downtown will remain open to traffic. More than a month after a woman was the victim of a hit and run, she continues her search for answers. In early April, Tanya Wright was driving her motorcycle home from Bible study when a car pulled out in front of her, hit her, then left her in the middle of the roadway. Molly McBride tells us where that investigation stands. Tanya Wright says as more time passes since the hit and run, she started to lose hope of ever finding the person who did this. She tells me finding that person would give her the peace and closure she needs to continue her healing journey. I don't know why somebody would do that, you know, to actually leave somebody and not like they could have actually helped me get off the side of the road. Wright served in the Navy for 14 years. She tells me before the accident, she enjoyed riding horses and running triathlons. Now, after losing her kneecap in the accident, she says she's lost her independence completely. She's currently recovering in Florida with her family, while back in Charleston, her second family continues the search for the person who hit her. She's my daughter from Florida that I'm, I stepped in when her mom's in Florida. She, I'm, where are her parents up here? Doreen Schick and her husband have put up a $5,000 reward, hoping somebody will reach out to them with information. Monk's Corner police say the crash occurred when a car pulled out in front of Wright while she was traveling along Highway 52. The car lost its bumper in the crash, which police say they took to a dealership 
to determine it was likely a white 2009-2012 Buick LaCrosse. Police officials say they followed up on a few tips over the past month, but don't have any fresh leads. Monks Corner Police say this investigation is ongoing. Anyone with any information is asked to contact the department. We have that phone number under this web story at live5news.com. In the newsroom, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Well, the state law enforcement division has released the blood toxicology report of the woman accused of killing a newlywed bride after driving drunk and crashing into a golf cart on Folly Beach. According to SLED, Jamie Komorski had a blood alcohol level of 0.261 when she tested after the crash. Now, the legal limit in our state is 0.08. Included with the blood alcohol test is an updated report from the Folly Beach Police Department. That report says that Komorski said she was driving when something hit her. According to an affidavit, officers say they could smell alcohol on her breath and that she told officers she had been drinking about an hour before that deadly crash. Komorski has been charged with DUI causing serious bodily injury or death in reckless homicide. Charleston County deputies have arrested a teen in connection to a shooting that happened in Latson in March. Deputies responded to Garwood Drive in the Woodside Manor community almost a month ago after receiving reports of someone shooting at two teenagers there. Now, deputies identified that suspect as another teenager. He's being charged with two counts of attempted murder and unlawful carrying of a gun. His name has not been released because of his age. Berkeley County deputies say they're investigating a possible case of animal abuse after a three-month-old puppy was found with serious facial injuries. The Berkeley Animal Center says they found out about that puppy now named Chief on Facebook and took it to a vet. According to a release, the vet says a zip tie or wire was wrapped around the puppy's snout, cutting through its skin and causing swelling. The shelter says Chief is now at a foster home and getting medical treatment. They say he should be ready for adoption in the coming weeks. Anyone with information on the injuries that Chief has uh, is asked to contact the Berkeley County Sheriff's Office. The Orangebrook County Sheriff's Office is warning people about a recurring scam. The Sheriff's Office says they're getting reports of someone calling and identifying as Sergeant Maddock. Now, they say that caller tells victims they have a legal matter they need to take care of and they need to call them back. Well, the Sheriff's Office says they don't handle legal matters and they have no one by the name of Maddock. The number being used is right here on your screen. You see it there, 803-570-5138. Now, they say this scam is similar to the missed jury scam that they encountered last month. If you do get this call, you're asked to let the sheriff's office know. The debate on a new abortion ban in our state Senate has ended, at least for this legislative session. Governor Henry McMaster says he plans on calling the General Assembly back for a special session likely to continue the abortion debate. The legislature's last chance to get an abortion ban on the books is in the hands of the House. They're set to continue to debate the Senate six-week abortion ban. The Senate has already passed this bill, so if the House can pass it next week, senators will have to agree on any changes made before McMaster can sign it into law.
Some changes at the Charleston International Airport when it comes to buying alcoholic drinks. The South Carolina House has passed a bill that would allow for the sale and consumption of liquor in select airports in our state. According to that bill, any business on the TSA screen side of the airport that has the approval of the airport authority can sell liquor drinks to anyone 21 and older. The bill also uh, for those drinks to be consumed anywhere on that side of the airport. Now the bill heads to the governor's desk for his signature. A state congressman is looking to crack down on suspected online child predators. Congressman Russell Fry, he's introduced the Targeting Child Predators Act of 2023. His office says authorities can often match an IP address of an alleged predator and get a subpoena. They also say service providers will often inform users about the subpoena, leading them to erase their digital footprints. The bill would stop ISPs from telling users about that subpoena. A similar bill has been been introduced in the Senate and has passed the House in the past. The natural gas bus has made its way right here to the low country. The bus is going to help a school save money on fueling costs as well as the environment. This is the first bus in our state to accomplish this transition from diesel to natural gas. Live 5's Alicia Wimberly joins us live to tell us which school decided to go green and how this bus is helping out and cut uh, down that cost. Good morning, Alicia. Good morning, ladies. Well, the bus is called the Cow Fart Bus. It's meeting meant to highlight the natural resources used to help protect the environment. It all started with an email from a parent to the CEO of Orange Grove Charter School. After learning more about the technology from efficiency, safety, and if it had been tested, Clint Daniel says it was a non-brainer decision and will help kids learn about the environment. They know that their bus is fueled by natural gas. So I think as they get older and they understand it a little bit more, it's a good opportunity for us to teach them um, not only some cost-saving things, but some just smart decisions as far as you know saving the environment. So there's a little level of pride that comes with riding on bus number one um, with Steve Sr., our, our senior driver. Here's how it works. The bus runs on blended diesel and renewable natural gas, making the emissions come out cleaner and the school saves money on their fueling costs. Clint Daniel says the school is seeing about 30% savings in fuel cost, and that's just for one bus. Senior bus driver Steve Arado fills up all the buses as part of his job. Once he gets back from the end of a route, Arado plugs the bus in the appliance and the bus is full of renewable natural gas, which takes about three and a half hours to get a full fill. Without the gas conversion, Arado used to refill the bus every week and a half. Now it's every three weeks. I feel more safer, you know, because, you know, everybody back there is my responsibility. And uh, I take that very seriously. And uh, with the new gas conversion, it definitely has a little more power. It's quicker. Talks about the green bus started in the fall and was installed earlier this year. Glenn Daniel says it makes him proud Orange Grove is a part of this pilot program. Not only does it help the environment, but it could potentially change how buses are run here in our state um, in the future. Reporting here live in West Ashley, Leachville Wimberley, Live 5 News.
All right. Thank you, Alicia. Well, the Charleston County School District hopes a proposed and recommended budget will help remedy cost of living issues for teachers and encourage teacher retention in the district. Teachers and community members have been working with district officials to create a comprehensive plan to raise teacher pay since August of last year. Now there's a recommended budget with the district hoping to get the funds to pay those raises in part from property taxes. The tax will not affect homeowners, but it will affect rental properties and second homes by less than $200 a year if it does pass. Now it will also impact personal property like cars by about $5 a year. You can read the details of the proposed budget on our website. New documents show a small increase in response times after EMS services in Andrews were moved outside town limits. The closest EMS location is now at 15 Big Dam Swamp Drive, taking 11 minutes to drive from the former location at West Alder Street. Response times reflect the entire coverage area, not just the town of Andrews. Data shows the average response time was 10 minutes and 24 seconds in November before the location was changed. The months following saw a slight increase in response times by a matter of seconds. Georgetown County's Director of Emergency Services says some areas will see a slight uptick in response times, while others will see a decrease. Well, Governor Henry McMaster has announced his nomination to become the new chair for the State Department of Health and Environmental Control. Now, Seema Shrivstava Patel, she's going to lead DHEC board. She has served as a board member since 2018 and vice chair since 2021. Shrivstava Patel is a South Carolina native with a bachelor's degree from USC in marketing and human resources with a specialization in international business. She is a first-generation American of Indian heritage and becomes the first woman of color to serve as DHEC's board chair. At the top of the show, I mentioned the military action drama that celebrated its world premiere on this date in 1986. That drama with Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis was Top Gun. Celebrating birthdays this Friday, musician Steve Winwood is 75, actor Gabriel Byrne is 73, actress Kim Fields, Tootie from The Facts of Life, is 54. Actor Jason Biggs from American Pie is 45, and actor Sullivan Sweeten from Everybody Loves Raymond is 28. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Morning, Y'all. Hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning, Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.